Welcome to Business Ninjas, brought to you by Write For Me, where you'll hear from business leaders who are out there growing their business and slaying it every day. Learn from the masters. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Business Ninjas. I'm here today with Dan Freckling. He's the CEO of Boltif. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Kelsey. I've enjoyed your episodes. Thank you. Excited to have you on the show today. So, Dan, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think I'll start with a little professional and, and then um, include some personal in there, too. Um, I've been in cybersecurity for about 10 years and did a number of things before that, but uh, I don't want to bore you with uh, 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 the, my upbringing, but uh, I grew and sold my last cybersecurity company. It was called uh, a company called G2, which is still, still around today, still doing well, to um, uh, Verisk Analytics. And then I had a real life-changing event, which kind of caused me to transition from security to privacy. And that, that life-changing event was that my wife was diagnosed with a late stage, rare form of cancer. And in going through that process, we, <clears throat> I'd never had cancer in the family before. I did lots of research online and trying to figure out what are the different treatments? Uh, what do we do? And I noticed that as I was conducting that research that I was being tracked and profiled and targeted by these shady cancer treatment ads that were following me all over the internet. Um, and I hadn't consented to that data being used in that way, but it was being used um, in kind of stalking me when I was checking out sports scores or needed a break or needed to do something to, to take my mind off things. Mm -hmm. And this tracking and these ads were so pervasive that even after my wife passed away, I still saw the ads, extremely durable. And um, around that time, I discovered Boltive. The CEO of the company actually was going through his own cancer um, situation with his wife which actually ended up being the same kind of cancer um, that Annie had. And so by one of those kind of strange twists of fate, he wanted to care for her and step down. So he recruited me in about two, two and a half years ago uh, to, to run the company. So that's how I came to Boltiv. I discovered that Boltiv had this incredible technology that was being used for malware, but also had very po positive privacy applications uh, that we'll talk a little bit about it's, it's secret shoppers for privacy compliance is what we call it today and so with this incredible kind of kernel and seven patents we've we've launched a privacy service uh, that protects many brands publishers uh, enterprises and their users that's fantastic. And, you know, I, I really appreciate, you know, you sharing, you know, your experiences leading you to Boltiv. You know, I, I certainly hear kind of, you know, the passion behind your voice and, and the work that you're doing now. And, and, you know, it sounds like the CEO previously as well. So, you know, talk to me a little bit more about Boltiv. Well, sure. Yeah, the, the, the Boltiv is here. Boltiv's privacy product exists um, for the very simple reason that that privacy operations teams are lean. And they often have to trust, but can't verify that their systems work. If you may recall that slogan from the Cold War of trust, but verify, they're not, they don't have that luxury of really being able to verify that the privacy tech and the MarTech and the ad tech and the commerce tech and all these things that have to interact with each other for consumers' data to be protected are really working. And what we found is that vendors mishandle data sharing about 25 to 50% of the time. So obviously this creates great exposure for firms and for vendors, for vendors too. And so we developed the privacy uh, secret shopper technology that I moment, alluded to a moment ago to detect and correct these data sharing errors. Mm -hmm. 
And why is, why is that creation and that solution so important for, you know, your customer's privacy? Well, it's, it really goes back to the error rate. So we see the vendor error rate, as I said, kind of broadly 25 to 50% of the time consent is lost, meaning you opt out, but that signal, because it really then becomes a signal that has to get transmitted over the internet, that mm-hmm. signal will get lost or misinter- misinterpreted or even reversed. Mm-hmm. Uh, then data can be shared. We see error rates, you know, uh, we see error rates in notice, which is providing the privacy notice to people. We see error rates about 50% of the time there that it's not properly uh, made available for consumers to see what their rights are. Mm-hmm. We see uh, that cookies and pixels, uh, cookies and tags, the elements on web pages that um, uh, gather and share consumer data with third parties, those have error rates in sort of 25 to 60% of the time. And then we see further down the, the, and the advertising ecosystem as these signals of, that are supposed to protect people get passed from vendor to vendor that down the, the ecosystem of ad tech uh, companies, we see an error rate uh, that's around 20, 25% of the time. And then there also can be errors with other technologies like consent management platforms and tag managers, which are fundamentally what websites use to protect users. So that's why, um, that's the problem that we've discovered and and, and isolating those really smoke testing and finding where the leaks in the internet pipes is the answer. I think that's a really great analogy. I like that finding, you know, the leaks in this, that's great. And, you know, you mentioned earlier, Dan, a little bit about, um, you know, the the leaner teams being able to support, you know, of, of these companies. Is there a, uh, a normal size or, you know, trend in kind of this size company or, or whatnot that, that Boltiv tend to, mm-hmm. tends to work with? Well, we tend to work with enterprises, but we work with all sizes of companies because sometimes smaller mid-market companies don't have privacy resources. And with our automation, we make it very easy for them to know exactly where they stand. And it's um, it's an issue where every company um, wants to maintain the trust of their consumers. And I, I think that's something, as I think of your prior episodes, you, you had a podcast with uh, Ferris of, I think, Ferris or Ferris of Security HQ back in May. And I like how you explored that security, and I would say privacy breaches too, impact customer trust. And every company relies on that customer trust for them to be in business. So it's, it's true for all sizes. Uh, for larger enterprises, they'll have larger teams. They may sit within legal and compliance. They may sit within the um, information you know, uh, security, uh, IT, IS departments. They may actually sit in marketing or lines of business. They're kind of all over the place. But there's one thing that's true is there's never enough privacy people because the regulations are moving so quickly. Mm-hmm. Just one data point. We had one U.S. state data privacy law back in 2018. Now we have 13 that have passed as of this year. And we have a very active FTC and a, and a very active with hundreds of class action lawsuits um, from plaintiffs. So it is a very, very dynamic world. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, you know, there's a lot changing in, you know, in terms of regulations and laws. Like you said, you know, it's expanded a, a lot. Well, it, it has, right. And um, we're, as I said, up to 13 states. I think it's, if I get the California, Connecticut, Colorado, and Virginia, and Utah had laws go into effect this year. But now we have other states like Florida, Iowa, Texas, um, Indiana, uh, Virginia, um, uh, Oregon, um, and I'm, I'm forgetting one or more, uh, that have passed laws this year that will take effect in 24 and 25. So 
it's a lot to keep track of. Every state law is a little bit different. They follow some similar models. But then in particular sectors like healthcare, the uh, regulations are changing around HIPAA and around what the FTC and the uh, office, uh, the OCR under HHS, the, um, the, the, the Office of Civil Rights, their pronouncements on what healthcare data needs to be protected, that interpretation of the laws is also a moving target. Hmm, interesting. You know, it, it, I certainly hear, you know, the 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 need for Boltiv, you know, the, the work that Boltiv is doing. And I want to circle back and talk a little bit more about the secret shopper, because it sounds like that's really something that differentiates Boltiv from its competition. Am I right in thinking that? Yeah, that's right. There, We have several patents around what we do. We visit uh, websites in a very low traffic way. So we appear as real users do. And what's essentially um, unique about this is that we can emulate any consumer target. For example, when we work work with a, a hotel chain client of ours, they want us to emulate business travelers. When we work with a consumer goods client of ours, they want us to emulate young families. For an athletic retailer, they want us to uh, appear to be college athletes. So we, we take the form of their core customer and we visit their websites down real customer journeys. It's, the, it's synthetic, so no real data is being shared or gathered, um, but it is, it's synthetic data that's enough to act um, uh, uh, as a smoke test. And we either do, we do one of two things. We opt out from data sharing or we opt in. And because these personas have their own behavioral history, things they've shopped before, content they've consumed before, they have their own location. They have their own devices, operating system, everything. So there's a, all kinds of permutations. It allows a real robust test matrix to be run to see if there are any corner cases where data is leaking non-compliantly. Interesting. I did an interview a while back and, you know, you just made me laugh. They have names for all of their client personas. And uh, it just got me thinking, I was like, oh, I wonder if they've got names, but you know, <laughs> so- and, you know, when what happens when, okay, so you opt in or you opt out, what happens with that data from Boltiv going back to your clients? Well, the um, client's systems then act on whatever prompt there is. So if our personas opt into sharing data, well, then their marketing and ad tech, e-commerce systems, they should all be working to gather and use that information to, to provide services and products that that user wants, right? So we sometimes forget that there's a, there's a user value from opting in in the, in the privacy world that some people want to be shown relative ad, uh, relevant ads. And we'll, we can identify, well, hey, sometimes these relevant ads aren't making it. So you have another system problem, which is that you're not maximizing the value of your consumers and giving them the tailored experience they want. So that's, that's the opt-in case. And then the opt-out case, then there needs to be a number of technologies that are just simply suppressed. And because there's so many technologies, it's super hard. So the average MarTech stack has 50 vendors plugged into it. The average media publisher works with 20 supply side platforms. The average website has dozens and dozens of cookies and pixels and tags, JavaScript elements on their web page that often gets lost and, and lost, uh, lost track of. So the, the opt out where you're saying, please don't share my data is a difficult orchestration process for all of those elements that I just mentioned to operate in sync. 
Hmm, interesting. I'm, I'm curious because it sounds like that might be, you know, uh, a common misconception that maybe people may carry. Do you hear, you know, other common misconceptions in, in conversations, not necessarily about Boltive, but maybe just the industry in general or, or maybe Boltive? Um, when, when you talk about misconceptions, I think when you say that, the thing that comes to mind for me the most is the, the, the misconception among users and that people fundamentally don't understand the trade-offs when they share data, that uh, there is a trade-off between convenience and privacy and, and greater privacy. If you want greater privacy, it means coming off autopilot, right? And not just going through and hitting accept cookies um, or allow targeting every time you go to a site or every time an app wants to use your data. You can make a choice in sharing data. You can opt out. You don't have to accept all. And all you got to do is scroll down to the bottom of the page, right? Or take a look at that, at that screen that pops up on your mobile device. And so I, I think that the misconception is that people have this power now. They didn't have it a few years ago because most of the internet was a wild west non-jurisdictional place where anything goes. And that meant anything goes with your data. Um, but now you have a choice to exercise your privacy rights with the businesses you patronize, just like you, you would do the same before you share your credit card credentials or your bank data. Um, you'd want to know you're, you're dealing with a safe operator. Yeah, I think that's a really important note that not a lot of people may make that conscious decision to understand because like you said, you know, it was the Wild West and people just assume, you know, oh, I, I have to, I have to accept all to make, you know, the user, the user experience is how it's supposed to work. But, you know, that's, that's not the case at all. Yeah, it's not, not anymore, fortunately. Not anymore. Yeah, thank you. So Dan, I think, you know, this has been a terrific conversation. As we start to wrap up, where can people go to learn more about Boltif? Sure. Well, um, the would encourage them to join boltive.com um, just uh, or to visit boltive.com. I'm available on LinkedIn, Dan Freckling, um, my profile there. I like to talk about privacy matters. But the, um, the, the other thing I'll say is for uh, listeners of this podcast, we will make available a complimentary um, diagnostic of their websites. Uh, and so uh, all they got to do is just mention um, that they, they, they can mention business ninjas. They can mention right for me. Either way will pass. But um, you're, they're very welcome to, uh, to take advantage of that offer for your listeners. That's a fantastic offer. I appreciate that. Well, Dan, you know, as we, like I said, one more question before we head out. Is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with, whether it be advice, anything about, you know, Boltive, the, the privacy and, and privacy in general, anything you want to leave our listeners with? I guess I would say that uh, I came from the, the security world and I'm now in the privacy world. And there's a lot of people that have taken that path or are thinking about that path or, or even just trying to understand what's the difference. And what I would say is that, that security mostly focuses on the back door in organizations, keeping the bad guys from intruding. Privacy focuses on the front door. And that's often missed because Front door data breaches and back door breaches, they're all data breaches, but sometimes the front door data breaches are harder to guard against. And what I'm quoting to you is, uh, is, is written well uh, in, in a book called Breached. Uh, Dan, Professor Dan Solov is one of the authors, um, that everyone is so obsessed with preventing a breach through the back door that they often don't think and they neglect to pay attention to what's going on in the front door. And this is extremely relevant to sharing of data um, and, and the way that marketing uses that. So that I think is a concept that helps tie together the difference between security and privacy. 
That's a really interesting, you know, way to think about it. I've never thought about it that way, you know, talking about like the difference between, you know, like you said, the back door and the front door, the importance of locking both. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, awesome. Well, Dan, this has been a terrific conversation. I appreciate all of your guidance on, you know, the secret shoppers for privacy and, you know, your, your very, um, you know, vast knowledge of, of the privacy. I think it's been fantastic conversation. I really appreciate you being on Business Ninjas today. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. Thanks, Kelsey, for having yeah. me. Success. Great to have you. Hey, are you a business ninja? Want to be interviewed like this? Give us a shout. Go to www.writeforme.io w-r-i-t-e-f-o-r-m-e dot i-o and schedule a time to meet with us and we'll make it happen keep slaying it y'all